Free love. Yo, welcome back to Free Love Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Cass. And I am Vibrock. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? We got a special guest with us. What's going on? It's Niles Quinn, a.k.a. Quinn Essential. Yo, when we, and, uh, with this dude right here, we go way back, actually. Um, How far back, Cass? Like, uh, I first met this dude back in, in Reno uh, with the homies uh, Moose and Jess Blue. Uh, I don't mean what was your guys you guys just went to school together right yeah that's right we started going to school at UNR that was back in like 2010 when we met you guys I believe yeah yeah back when you guys were still at the uh, Shamrock Apartments <laughs> dude, I, oh, I heard about yeah. the legendary is that the loft is that the loft yeah, yeah that's the loft I don't even dude I, I don't even stories about that, <laughs> that I don't place. even remember I don't even remember the name of that joint <laughs> murders bro yeah bro <laughs> Yeah, but we were able to get him back on the show just um, to kind of talk about what he's been doing with lately as far as on the production tip. And uh, as far as like the theme of this podcast, I feel like uh, music production or like just beats in general, I feel like would be a cool topic um, to, you know, to, to revolve it around because, you know, it's like an interesting thing. You, you know, like for, uh, for myself, I know I can nerd out on this stuff like all, all day. You know what I'm saying? I would love to nerd out about this stuff if I knew the terminologies. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know what it, I know what it does. Man, all you really gotta know is, you know, if you know what the buttons or the functions do, it don't really matter what it's called. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. If you right. know what it does. If you know yeah. what you're trying to do, you know. First, first and foremost, before we continue on, I want to uh, thank everybody that gave us feedback from the last podcast, for the uh, the Las Vegas uh, one. Uh, we got a lot of uh, cool feedback and a lot of um, positive and people are showing love. So shout out to everybody that uh, listened in and uh, contributed to the conversation that we had. So. Um, it was uh, both therapeutic and cathartic. So shout out to y'all. And uh, yeah, keep the positivity going. And let's get back into this. Niles. What's going on? What's popping, B? Shoot. It's a beautiful day out here, man. Yeah, how was your house. weekend, bro? Been, I know. South San Francisco in... usually isn't this sunny. No, it was beautiful. So <laughs> It's windy as shit, though. Yeah. Definitely with you. Uh, what do you call it? You, uh, you, Blue, and another one of your homies just dropped a video, right? Yeah, we just came out with a video called Diabolical Dialogue. Um, that was also with my homie, The Anthem, um, from San Jose. And then the homie Craig filmed a video, man. It was just one night we went to a park and we just kind of fell into place. Like within a couple of days, we had the video. So <laughs> It was really dope. Yeah, a really just, dope song. Just guys are fucking spitters. It's like this. I hold the mic with a vice grip. Sharpen the blade. I'm on point like a knife tip. The nice over audio devices. I might just pose a slight risk to your sight. A slight risk. We don't compare with over snares that no one like. Waiting for my shit to drop. It's like a pair of Nikes, but I ain't <laughs> like ill lyrics and shit. Some of that genuine hip hop. We just wanted to keep it real simple, you know, just some basic scenes, jump cuts, you know, just some real raw stuff. Sometimes you don't you know, need to too do too much yeah. to, for it to be look, effective. It's yeah. got to look right, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you call it? You and your uh, crewmate Blue crew is called Verbal T. Verbal T. Shout out. Yeah, we've uh, been working tough. We got a mixtape in the works right now, um, but I'm not even going to talk too much about that. You guys are going to hear it when it comes out. Hey. So. Just know you guys are gonna know when it hits, it hits. Yeah. A uh, couple months back, you and Blue uh, were participants in this. Is a team backpacks uh, like West Coast regional, like uh, I don't know, like a, yeah, a that's showcase. Right. It or? was called the um, team backpack bar fight, and it was kind bar of bar fight. Yeah. Pretty much the way it worked, uh, worked down was it was uh, 64 of the top MCs around the world actually that they selected. So we had a couple of people that came from the UK. Um, 
from other places as well. I believe there was somebody from Sweden. Um, and yeah, actually, I heard him. He was pretty cool, man. So I met a lot of people. I thought it was a really good networking opportunity. Um, but anyways, you know, Blue went all the way. It was uh, five rounds. It was single elimination. So, you know, 64, it was 32 matchups, you know, and then it just broke down into the fifth round. I made it to round four. And then uh, Blue came through in round five and went to New York to battle out. So you made it pretty far, too, though. You made, like, top what? Yeah, I went to the... the Top eight? Round before last, so, yeah, top eight. Yeah. See, that's, that's like, going to, like, you have never, like... what, you know, conference finals and shit, you know? I'm just, I just, I know I may be biased. I know I may be biased when I say this, but like, I, um, the homie, uh, Niles and Blue came over to uh, Exilla's house a few days before the trip happened to, I guess, some shirts printed out. And, uh, they were spitting their verses and, uh, that they were going to perform or like, you know, uh, battle with. And from hearing their uh, both, uh, verses and their runs, I already knew off top that they were going to go far, if not take it all the way, either one of them. And then when I started watching the, uh, the live stream on uh, Facebook and seeing the, the the land of the competition, I mean, no hate. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I was if this the is a top 64 from all across the world, supposedly, um, you know, the, the level of competition was, like, up and Y'all down, roller coaster. I feel like the people that you guys were pitted against were good, like good setups. It wasn't like a, a like like a squash or anything. You guys really like put your skills to the test and was able to like you know come out with a W and shit. So yeah, there was a lot of talent uh, talented people there, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I met a lot of cool people. We made some good connections. So I think over and all, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking to do from those kind of things is meet people and meet the kind of people that I'm trying to network with. Meet Definitely. the kind of people. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. the one thing that I'll suggest. I never used to do as much as I used to be more standoffish and quiet when I first started getting out. But, uh, you know, it's just good to just be open and, like, hear what people got to say. You can't judge people by how they look or how they sound or anything I like kind of feel like that's the thing with all, like, artists. Like, right? Like, they all are kind of uh, not, like, like introverts, but kind of, like, more secretive or kind of to themselves because mm-hmm. their art is, like, very, like, precious and, like, their baby, you know? So yeah. for them to be, like... Uh, uh, out you know out there with their shit and just very like outspoken it's kind of like taken as arrogance sometimes you know right what I mean? right but hey no, it's good though i'm naturally i'm naturally a quiet shit. dude so you know for me to say that you know i just learn i'm just learning every day i'm always trying to better myself you know i do enough a lot of mcs that i know that are like really really dope and like outside of music they're kind of quiet people yeah right which is <laughs> Well, I they think like when you write all in, their shit out on the mic. Yeah. I feel like it, it depends on the writer you are, but you know, like when you're writing, you're very in your your head and like yeah. in your thoughts, you know, within, in your within your own voice. All Sometimes forget where you at. It's like an escape. Yeah. You get so focused. And I like I don't I feel like there a lot of the there are a lot of rappers that are very like introverted too. Because I heard like people like like Goldlink and stuff like that. I heard he was kind of like really. I don't. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to say he's like an introvert though. I heard he was just chill because I know people that like. Uh, see, you can't really take my work because there's no like real sources. Dude, no, <laughs> no fact check. Fact check. There's that no shit, fact bro. check on this shit, but it's just people that say like that. That said, he knew him like in high school, and he and he seemed like he was like the quiet. You know, he was a quiet dude that you didn't know that he did like stuff like this. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can see that yeah. shows when you like uh, their performance on the stage and then before how they're they are, famous, how they are at like the merch table. It's like completely different. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think maybe a lot of people that are intelligent come off as introverted, but I think, you know, being an introvert is kind of like a form of intelligence in the world we live in to this day. You know what I mean? I'm not always yes. trying to talk if people aren't really talking about anything. So it's like if you, you put me around have... people that are like-minded, though, then I become talkative as fuck. Yeah, yeah. You have to have some sort of like uh, uh, like a level of relevance that, sure. that like in, like interests you and shit. So let's get into the interview portion of this and uh, let's take it back and find out your history and how you got started and uh, how you and Blue linked up and started making music together. Um, when did you start or... When did you start um, listening or to hip hop or rap or like before even you even wanted to get into like rhyming and stuff? Oh man, I can't even remember. I was probably listening to hip hop in the womb. Well, I mean, not probably. I know I was. Uh, my dad introduced me to hip hop. Actually, I you know I never really tell people this story, but my dad was one of the first DJs out in the Bay Area and South Bay Area to be playing hip hop in the eighties. Um, yeah, my dad was a DJ, so he was out there playing a lot of like the first early hip hop records, you know, Grandmaster Flash, all that, um, you know, stuff that was groundbreaking back then. What did he uh, go by? Oh, he actually just had went by his name. You know, what I'm saying I actually never asked him. I don't even really know. <laughs> but um, that's a little bit of history right there. Yeah. So growing up, you know, I heard a lot of the mainstream hip-hop that from the 80s and early 90s but it wasn't until i was in uh eighth grade and one of my good friends one of my best friends his name's nate malazzo introduced me to a lot of underground hip-hop if you want to call it that he gave me this mix and uh man it blew my mind i know some of the artists on there was uh you know hieroglyphics oh living legends there was some solo merge songs on there sure. cunning linguist man <laughs> so when i that blew my mind when i heard that level of lyricism you know what i'm saying yeah because at so, the time the type of rhyming you were hearing was just like straight uh commercial radio rap not not too technical kind of just you know simple across the board not over people's heads right yeah you know i heard a lot of stuff on the radio to be honest i liked uh you know, I heard Big Papa on the radio. I always was bumping that. I remember uh, 50 Cent. I, I used to listen to him when he first came out. But when I started hearing that level of lyricism, I started really paying attention to what people were saying and uh, soaking up a lot of the knowledge and wisdom that I was gaining through these. Um, I call them my teachers, man. A lot of the MCs that I grew up listening to. So by the time I turned about 15 or 16, you know, I kind of started writing rhymes myself. And it was always just like, like depression and stuff, like stuff i was angry about you know yeah. Raps. yeah i call it that depression that. rap but oh, i don't yeah. even really make that anymore i just had to get it out because that's how i was feeling at the time and um yeah pretty much when i got to college when i was 18 i never really recorded or wrote a lot of songs i was mostly like a freestyle rapper so i would do this thing i would sit out on the benches and tell people to give me topics and i'll just rap about whatever they told me and uh, one day I said, man, if anyone wants to battle me, let me know. Or you guys know anybody I'm trying to battle. And uh, that's how I met Blue. Talk about this story. Though. Dojo someone someone was like, yo. So I guess someone heard me say that. And they didn't say anything to me, but they heard Blue rap. They okay. had heard Blue freestyling. And I'd never met him. And uh, <laughs> okay. they told Blue, oh, yeah, there's this dude. He's over here rapping right now. He said he'll battle anybody. Ooh. And uh, Blue came up and we battled, you know what I'm saying? And after that, you know, we just pretty much linked up and started kicking it every you day. You guys were already going to the same school, right? You and I. Oh, yeah. You and I, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we were going there. Um, it was funny how it worked out because after I met him, 
there was an open room like in the room next door to where he was staying and i didn't like my current situation so then i kind of <laughs> moved right there so you know he's pretty much like my roommate and oh, we nice, uh, got nice. an apartment after that and all that so that was kind of like just when I met you guys and we were just experimenting with even the concept of being an artist and starting to write rhymes. And that's when I really started, you know, recording my first songs and messing around and doing that. And this is before you started like making beats and stuff? Yeah. And this is around the time I started making beats. I started making beats like towards the end of my freshman year in college. Shout out to my man Moose. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Boy podcast. I had never seen anybody really make a beat. In high school, I had a little drum machine. I had like a doc, boss doctor rhythm, but I never actually sequenced a beat. I always play it live. Right. Like I just oh, try to like play a basic drum pattern and rap to it or something. You oh know? shit! <laughs> so that's some real real hip hop <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> I know. I traded some uh, Nike SBs for it too. Hey, oh, hey, hey! That's a hip hop so. ass trade. <laughs> actually, Nike I remember SBs. that trade. I actually I used to have the Tiffany's shit and never got rid of them. Tiffany Lowe's uh, and, yeah. and you traded those I traded those for like send some dude gave me send helps the drum machine and like a hundred bucks Sick. so I was like <laughs> wait it. what drum machine it was a boss doctor rhythm 550 I think yes it, it was a shitty little drum machine but hey you know yeah. it was is it like, like an SP had like 12 you know preset sounds no sampling really <laughs> just oh shit I've never heard of that. You might have been able to sample in there, but I never did that. I think it just had the preset drums. Uh, yeah. Who won that battle between you and Blue? Hey, we always, everyone always said that I won it because he, uh, he <laughs> was, he, <laughs> he was spitting, but then you know he you like a rematch. <laughs> nah, he, he had stopped for a second, like he paused. Oh, okay. But That's he was always... com- before he paused. I was kind of getting scared. I was like, oh shit. I was like, this fool got bars too. But then he stopped and I was like, oh, yeah, I got lucky right there. <laughs> so so you, he did, But see, Blue Blue kind of got me into writing. See, that I, he was out of his element. That's why I, that's why I got him right there because I was a freestyle rapper. But he uh, shot, he kind of showed me how to sit down and like really construct songs and write songs. That's when I started really making songs was with Blue. Okay. Before that, I would just freestyle the beats. I didn't really know what I was, you know. You didn't know like format and all yeah, that shit, yeah, he was trying to make music, and I was like, this is okay. This is more serious now, yeah. taking it to the next level. And when we started doing that, biggest struggle was finding good beats. We'd always be trying to rap on, like, instrumentals of other artists. Right. So, you know, when I seen Moose making beats in, uh, was it Fruity Loops? Yeah, he does Fruity I Loops. I had to ask him, I was like, how did you do that? I mean, he's like, man, that dude helped me out. He's like, yo, you could get a crack version right here. <laughs> he gave me a couple sound packs, and... I messed around, man, and um, I kind of started getting the hang of it, and I lost my computer. Yeah. Crashed on me. So I, after that, I bought an MPC 2000 XL. Yeah. And uh, that's where I really started, like, making I think I remember beats. that you, when you were making beats at the crib in Reno. Yeah, I sold that to Conquest, <laughs> that MPC. Shout oh, out shit. to Conquest. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Conquest. Wherever Conquest, you are. Wherever you are, Conquest. That's crazy. I got, a, <laughs> I got are, my friend. I got an NPC from He's Conquest. He's probably walking around too. with his backpack right now. I got one from him. XL? <laughs> no, it was a 2500. Oh, okay. It's oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I what do you call it? Uh, you were uh, saying that um, Blue kind of helped you out with the transition from uh, from, from freestyling to making tracks. And I know, you know, I know what there's this um, uh, stereotype of like how uh, free, like raw freestylers, or, like, you know, battle MCs really can't make like, you know, songs because most yeah. of the times it's. Uh, they're concentrating on just straight like demolishing their opponent and it's like right. not in the song context. So how was that transition for you? From, and like, I wouldn't even say I was a battle rapper before that. I was just for the first time realizing I could freestyle. Like I could come up with rhymes off the top. So that, yeah, you know, I, I never really was a battle rapper. That's not really my thing, especially to this day. 
you know, I'm the kind of guy where I got so much stuff on my mind, so many things I want to talk about. But if I could do that, I would start talking for hours. No one would want to listen. But so like, I got to, like, condense it and, like, make it into a song so people could hear what's on my mind, you know? Yeah. Well, how was that transition, though? How was, like, actually, like, okay, now I got to write a concise 16-bar verse? It felt like I was taking my craft seriously for the first time. Mm, okay. Before, I was just kind of experimenting with the fact that I could rhyme a little bit. And then when I was doing that, it was like, wow, now I'm actually having the opportunity to say what's on my mind and, and let people hear that you know it's not something that's spontaneously being said in the moment did you find like any difficulty as far as like you know because when you're freestyling you could just go on forever forever right yeah but yeah then when it's coming to a format where it's just like okay you need to do an eight you need to do a 16 you need to do a i had to learn how to count bars for sure <laughs> i didn't know i would how be difficult? going like 20 bars and i'm like yeah i'm almost there and they'd be yeah. like dude you already rapped too much i'm like oh <laughs> damn there's a level of like difficulty sometimes to try to figure out like you want to say so much but you can't because you right. have to spill into the next verse or if you're a feature you can only say so much that right. you know you don't want to take away from the other MCs that you're featuring with right you know there's like a lot of like, yeah that's like the I guess the business side of it is I mean I mean you know I don't know like if that's a particular way I want to use but it's definitely <laughs> uh, one of those things where like a, a specific skill it's like set. a meta you know where it's like uh <clears throat> This is like the tried and true format and shit. Yeah, so a yeah, lot of yeah, people uh, sure. like go with this because it's like, you know, it's people are used to it. Like the 16 bar, 12 exactly. bar, or whatever. Yeah. It's like that, you know, what's been on. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it has to be that way. But it's, no, it not. usually is what sounds good to the ear, though. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really realize that until I started making beats. And when I started making beats, you know, you kind of just start hearing 16 bars in your head. You're not really counting it. It just feels like that's the amount of time yeah, that you know. you're waiting for the change. Yeah. Like, you're like, all right, it should change the hook here. It feels like it's the end of 16. Yeah. And if it goes past it, you're like, ah, oh, wait, wait, the beat's going on too long. See, I, I feel it like... It a natural feeling. Being, a, like, jumping into the producer lane kind of helps you as a rapper, too. Oh, oh very yeah. much so. Yeah, and and being a rapper, or at least knowing, like, how the cadence feels, helps you as a producer. Exactly, yeah. You know, and a, a lot of times I hear people that make these really good beats, but it's hard to rap to them because they right. weren't thinking in that mindset. It's too complex or something. Not enough Whenever room. I make beats, I'm making beats to rap to. That's right. why I make a lot of space. I leave a lot of space in my beats. I'm leaving a lot of space for the heavy vocal track, you know? Right, yeah. No, there's not a lot of... Well, there's... I don't want to say there's not a lot of producers, but nowadays I, th I feel like producers are more like solo oriented now. Yeah, for you sure. You know, they're just making... Because, you know, like producers became more like popping... They, they became more in the, the limelight and so yeah. it's like in the last like four or five years yeah. right I feel like yeah we see a lot more people that come up just as they want to be a producer they don't want to actually be like, like work on stage and to work with artists so like and, stuff. Each, and you look at a lot of the early hip hop groups that work like that it's kind of like their version of a verse you know so they'll add like, so, like a lot like of extra. Like layers on top of the yeah. you know what the you know the root of the beat is right yeah. so it's like they're speaking to the you know to to the audience as well. Yeah, so Which is a, like sometimes it's you it's know, cool. There's no yeah, nothing to knock it. You yeah, know. no, it's not. I mean, it's sometimes artists. there sometimes there are songs that are a little bit too uh, much. Extra, you just like there's Man, a lot going yeah. on. There's a lot yeah. in 2017. The production standard has been to take it to a real technical level. How many like tweaks and little like little Ooh, yeah. sounds and like yeah. sweeps and filter sweeps you can do in there. But I kind of. On my previous tape, I was telling like my homies, I was telling Blue, I was like, man, my concept for this album is less is more. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to do a lot of that stuff. I just want to keep it real raw for people. Like, they could freestyle to it or something. I feel that. And not get, like, oh, bugged yeah. out. Like, oh, yo, what the beat just do right there? <laughs> yeah. Trying to, try like, to find out yeah, what, the, yeah. what the technique they're using. The beat was like, dot, dot, dot. You're like, oh, what, like what you just happened? Like, just dropped that as Yeah, yeah. So I knew you just like, switch oh, up. They, they just that real raw, rugged, like, loops that just keep going, you know? They fucking use a high pass filter here. Yeah, yeah. I'll just take I'm not every two lie. bars. There's an <laughs> effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I was always a fan of like uh, Pete Rock. Oh yeah. You know, Jay Dilla. One of my big. In- those are both uh, some of my big influences. As Primo. You I- I mean I like a lot of Primo songs. I like a lot of songs, not knowing that he was the producer. You know. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into your influences uh, on both sides of like MC and uh, um, production. So who's your? Who would you say? Your most influential, like, top three MCs that, you, that, like, really... MCs? Yeah, oh, oh. That kind of uh, just, like, molded your style or just, really, like, got you to start writing more and stuff. Hmm. Okay, well, in, in that aspect, who got me to start writing? I'm gonna say... I wouldn't say he's my number one MC, but the one who I credit, like, what you just said to is Nas. For sure. Um, when I was, like... 13 or 14 my stepbrother uh jay mel he for the first time he, he got me illmatic and it was written and i'd never listened to nas before at all Ooh. and was i got those two albums and it blew my blew mind same thing mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. i was like a freshman in high school and i was like yo what the fuck is this shit i was like yo illmatic i memorized both those albums you know what i mean like every lyric so i can't say i'm not influenced by nas um you know, but I'm also influenced by someone Nas is influenced by. I'm really influenced by Rakim. I really like, you know, just God his MC. whole, yeah, you know, that's, that might be my favorite MC, you know. And I'm I'm not trying to sound, like, generic, but really he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got the essence, you know what I'm saying? He's really your favorite rapper, He's got rapper, the energy. Favorite rapper, favorite rapper, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's the guy that, like, he will always be in someone's top yeah. five or whatever, you know? Yeah, the... The Ronsky rhythm, polysyllables, all that shit. I mean, you know, Big Daddy Just King kind of like shit. revolutionized it, but then he took it a step further. Right. And what's so dope about Rakim is a lot of people don't realize that he writes in the form of like a jazz instrumentation. That's the thing for me is the cadence, the delivery, yeah. the flow. That's what I'm feeling because I'm really into jazz music. Um, I listen to a lot of jazz when I'm not making music. I just listen to jazz. So naturally, I'm going to like somebody like Rakim who... You know, I've heard he played saxophone before yeah, he started rapping, so yeah. it's natural for him to have that feeling to take those cadences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. So on with so with that said, for your MC's inspiration, what's your who are your inspirations as far as the production side? Mm. Well, you know, he said Jay Dilla, Premier, Pete Rock, a lot of people, you know, influenced by them. Those are some of the greatest, undoubtedly. Um, but I, I guess. Some of the producers that I want to mention are people who I think don't get it so much light, who I'm really inspired by, uh, you know, high tech. I feel like he's so underrated. Definitely one of my top three producers is is high tech. Um, But, you know, um, he, you know, he's influenced by some of the other three we mentioned for sure. (laughs) And that's why you got to mention them. Um, That's one. Oh, from yeah. people under the stairs has always been one of my favorites most consistent and i he just like nice samples, I like, yeah exactly i like the samples he i like his ear i, I relate to the sounds that he p- chooses to sample i like his um taste um i think people under the stairs in general are kind of just super slept on super <laughs> super, super slept, slept on. on um 
who else, man? It's really slept. There's on. a whole bunch of like groups of, yeah. that came out and they were popping, and then they, everybody just like. Kinda but like producers, on. if you're not like, I feel if you're not at during the time when like the golden era, like rap recording, if you're not a no producer then, and you started producing after that time, you're mm. not gonna get really any type of light because this the shine is on you know the luminaries and the, the you know. Right. So right. it's kind of like it's hard shoes to like fill, not fill, but like more of like follow that act. You know what sure. I mean? So, but there are so many dope ass producers that people don't even know, like made, you know, were making the tracks and shit. Right. Like everybody associates the ASR10 with Alchemist, and rightfully so, because yeah, yeah. he's one of my favorite and one of my biggest influences. But uh, nice that's, that's, too. Oh, yeah. that's what Jake I was about to dope. say. That's what I was about to say. People forget about Jake One sometimes oh because Snare Jordan and his verse. <laughs> Jake Jordan. One is versatile, man. Yeah, yeah. Like he can make all kinds he of makes records. Hip hop and he makes like a Jake. Yeah. yeah. So I really that's respect his craft. I really look up to Jake One. I guess Anya that's three for you, right? ASR I could keep too. going all day with the production, with the producers, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, were you ever uh, uh, big into like a Sabzi? Oh yeah, man. I, I'm, you know, I got really big into that whole Seattle hip hop scene. Um, shout out to one of my homies. I haven't heard from him in a long time. I hope you're doing all right. If you hear this, uh, one of my friends, Gavin, he moved from Seattle. Um, to Nevada when I was staying out there with my grandpa and he uh, he put me on to all of that I'd already heard of Blue Scholars but I didn't even know that Sabzi was the produ- producer you know what I mean I was like oh Blue Scholars it's just you know Prometheus Brown Geologic whatever and he would but, to me like before even Flylo Fly was doing like you know this like the production he was doing mm-hmm. that got popularized Sabzi was already like kind of uh, I love Sabzi man that stuff beforehand. The, the stuff he did with Ross Sion is, is equally um, dope to the stuff he did with uh, Gio, yeah. I mean everything Sabzi's done is amazing. The whole Seattle hip hop scene is slept on. It is, real. but at the same time, it's like, like, uh, cause uh, me and Cass, Seattle's like, dope. Like you know, you boy and shit. They, uh, one of the biggest crews there, Massive Monkeys. They have a right. whole day. Yeah, like they got the like keep the city for a particular day. They have a Massive Monkeys day. So you know, the hip hop scene up there is very family oriented. Like they really move together. It's very much a culture. Which I really, I I really wish like the Bay Area. It's rare. (laughs) I really hope like. But they keep it real though. They keep it real though. They do. Yeah, I wish everywhere was like that. You know, but you know. it's when you go to like different like areas of like relationship that have their own pockets of the scene, they really ride for the people that they you know in their yeah. location. Yeah. And then when they hear other people, they're like, nah, 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 my guy is better than that. The problem is there's a lot of crabs in the barrel. Yeah, for real. I don't, I don't understand Especially it. Especially now that like production equipment and all that shit is like more affordable, really accessible, and mm-hmm. affordable. Right. Everybody Shows how greedy really people really are. They just needed you. They don't need you, no. I mean, not, not, not to yeah. say that you shouldn't try, but then when you find out that you can't, stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was an asshole. Anyway, <laughs> get back into it. Um, so you and Blue, uh, how long after you guys started like uh, making music together did you decide to come together as Rebel Two? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it was uh, after like almost a year, and we were uh, Blue came up with the name Verbal T. We were like driving from Reno to Las Vegas with Moose, 
And uh, we were at this gas station, and he was like, yo, what if we went by the name Verbal T? And it was just instant. It just stuck. I was like, that's perfect. So... Like explain the yeah. um, like what does it uh, verbal tea uh, mean? Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, verbal tea, you know, when you think about drinking tea, you associate certain things with it, like it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's you know something you can just kind of like alleviate the stress. It's, mm-hmm. You know, and it it hits you in the soul. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we want from our music. We want you to be able to sit down and like kind of just like mellow out, forget where you're at. You know what I'm saying? And something that really speaks to your soul. So. You know, verbal tea is just the epitome of like a cup of tea with some and some hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Right, verbally. Yeah. Verbal a verbal cup of tea, exactly. That is, that is, yeah. I do, I do enjoy a nice hot cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I always In get audio a form. something I like to do all the time when I record is I uh, prepare a cup of tea before I record. You know what I'm saying? What kind of tea uh, do you fuck with? A lot of, uh, it depends on the time of day. In the yeah. morning, a lot of times I'll make like some chai tea, green tea. I like to drink, I try to drink a cup of green tea every day. Um, but I drink all kinds of teas, man. I've been experimenting with all kinds think, of teas. I think like, I know my girl be drinking mad tea, but I feel like, and she's been putting me on a lot too. But I feel like it's, it's like, you know. There's a lot of benefits from tea. Oh yeah, it's it's good no, for your health. I, you know, like so I've antioxidants. Never, I've never really like, I've always seen tea as like you know whatever's in that like Lipton bag, right? Yeah. So I was going out with a girl and she took me to that Tivana Tivana oh, spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when there, I was purchasing it, it was all loose and oh like she looked like purple. I was like, well, what are we drinking? <laughs> Yo, that's right that real Yo, shit. Yeah, that's that real like, that's shit. The loose shit, leaf teas, real, man. Yeah, exactly. Get, your, you get yourself a tea steeper. You know what I'm saying? Like when you. Yeah, step- I, I, I got that shit too. Yeah, I got yeah, that shit too. I'm saying. I'm saying tea is like an art form too. Like you gotta have like. Oh, there's a lot of like a uh, cultural. You like, gotta uh, prepare it right. You can't do it too hot, or you'll burn off some of the medicinal leaves. properties. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can have like echinacea if you have a sore throat. You could use like um, basil for respiratory health. You know what I mean? They've got yeah. all kinds of different teas with different mistaken, health benefits. There's actually some people that try to like, uh, you know, the psychics. Uh huh. They like uh, they use some sort of. Uh, like tea steeping, like just see within, you know. I wonder so what else they steep in there. I, I mean, listen, <laughs> it's 2017. Right? <laughs> Sounds like a special brew or something. Uh, shit, you went down that tea route, huh? Yeah, is that verbal tea? Bro? Yeah, I mean, it is. It really is. Fucking, like you said you have uh, a mixtape coming out. Yes, oh, sir. Is it really. a solo or is it a you and blue? Oh, it's me and blue. Nice. Um, we're gonna. It's gonna have a lot of features. You know what I'm saying? It's still in the works, but uh, instead of just like you know recording a song and putting it out, we're recording a lot of songs and cataloging. So we try to work. You know, once a week. We both have really busy lives. We took a big break. You know, we were talking about how we started uh, meeting up in like 18, 19 years old. You know, he moved back to Las Vegas and I stayed up right. north, but we kept in touch. That was always outside of music. That's always been my homie. I consider him like a brother. You know what I mean? We spent holidays together with each other's families, everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we would still hang out, but we weren't taking music as seriously because we were experiencing life as adults for the first time. We were working good, nine bro. to fives and like mm-hmm. it wasn't until he moved back to California about two years ago that we started focusing on it. So, you know, we put out the EP, but we've got, you know, a long road ahead of us. For you being, uh, are you uh, born in the Bay? Yeah, yeah. And people always ask me where I'm from. Um, you know, right now the answer is Brentwood Discovery Bay. But uh, you know, I'm born in San Jose. I've lived all over. Um, 
lived in San Jose till I was about seven. Then I moved to Brentwood. You know, I've lived everywhere. Brentwood, Antioch area, Stockton. You know, my parents were split up growing up. So my mom lived in Brentwood area. My dad lived in the Vallejo area. Mm -hmm. So I'd go back and forth every week. How much would you say, uh, how much would you say, like, you know, the culture and, like, being born and raised in uh, the Bay Area has affected um, the way that you go about, like, music or, like, your whole, you know, style? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you know, being from the Bay Area, you you already know the mindset of the people that live out here is very (laughs) different. And, you know, all my family, you know, the other day we were talking and I said, you know, it's kind of crazy because I don't personally, like, know anyone of my friends or family members that was in support of the current president mm-hmm. personally and i just think that's kind of crazy because most people are going to know people from you know each political standpoint i think parties are kind of dumb you know i don't yeah, think there should only yeah. be two decisions i don't yeah. fully agree <laughs> with either to be honest but you know i just being from out here you're there's a different culture you know it's like it really affects like made its way into your music oh yeah uh a lot of the stuff that moves me a lot of the stuff that frustrates me on a daily basis is of a political climate in 2017 Mm. you know even in 2012 i did some marching and protesting against you know some of the ndaa laws that were passing but you know i'm just i'm just always been an advocate for our freedom and our rights and uh that's why I've always been a very uh, big fan of President JFK, and uh, most people don't know I don't really advertise this too much, but I'm related to JFK on my mom's side, so you know he's one of my ancestors. So I feel like he had a very powerful message. I feel like he had a very strong message. You fucking heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, super exclusive. Yeah, my great grandmother's last name is Kennedy. You know this what I mean? Definitely gonna so. take our podcast all the way to number one. Yeah. <laughs> that is so tight. Um, Lost ancestor. Oh shit, that's hella tight. But you know, when did you find that out? Oh, my mom actually told me a couple years ago. Um, oh, that was a yeah, I don't know. And she took a long time to tell me. My mom's really into the ancestry thing, so. <laughs> Yeah, my mom found out that she is um, she has more French DNA than the average person currently living in France, which is interesting. She just has a lot of when you do that ancestry, you can find out my one of my buddies just did it. And he's always thought, you know, he's Mexican. He, he has some African like North African uh, genetics and he has some genetics that trace back to like Native American lineage. He had no idea. Huh. You know, yeah, but but they well yeah technically but he had like a higher percentage than you know what's average so and what's from actually from the <laughs> yeah everybody <laughs> that's crazy so what are, your, uh, what are your thoughts about the current uh, scene of rap and uh, hip hop in general? It's lacking substance. I really don't care what it sounds like. He, you know, I'm not going to hate on it if it has a trap sound or anything like that. I'm open to any kind of sound. I like people experimenting. I like new sounds. But it's substance that I feel is lacking. I feel like when hip-hop first started, a lot of the people that were speaking up, it was the voice for the unspoken. It was people that were... It was very political. It was the oppressed speaking up for the oppressed. You know what I mean? That's what hip-hop is. Hip-hop, to me, isn't really a genre. It's like a culture. It's a culture. Yeah, it's not really a genre. You know, pe- rap is the music of the culture. I think it's funny because as soon as somebody starts speaking rhythmically over a, a song, it's considered rap. But if you sing, 
it's not R&B no matter what you're whatever it's like you could sing and they could still call it rock you could sing and call it this singing that but why is everything where you're speaking rhythmically considered hip-hop it shouldn't there's yeah, so that, many genres of music that people are like oh it's rap I'm like that's not really rap he's rapping but it's not a rap song it's not hip-hop right. it's definitely there's definitely nuances to make it actually rap Sure. Or like what would make like say R and B versus neo soul or oh right. You know, like there's so many sub genres for those kind of genres. There's so many different kinds of rock, but how many different kinds of hip hop do people recognize? So would you say that the lack of substance today is, um, in a way, affecting the way uh, hip hop and rap is perceived to the to the general public? Because I've always very much so. Yeah, I've always. Always wondered why is rap music particularly never revered or like not seen as like legitimate music? You know what I mean? Like they're not revered as like uh, like jazz, the genre of jazz or classical music or anything like that. They don't see rappers as musicians because they're not like a they're not playing an instrument. But uh, like you know, how many of you know vocalists play instruments? Right? I think there's a lot of people out there that just make a bad name for it, or I think there's a lot of people that get a lot of credibility that aren't too talented. So it makes people think that you don't yeah, got to be like talented, the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, people—if you can really spit and you can stand in front of somebody, you should be able to rap to them a cappella, and they'll be impressed. They're like, wow, I can't do that with my voice. Mm. You know? Do you share the same sentiment when uh, people say that producers of uh, rap that use drum machines aren't real musicians? No. No. They're not playing the actual drum. Man, this is something that... I always find it kind of funny because sometimes I make beats without sampling. If people ask me, oh, I need a track like this, and I can do it very quickly when I just use plugins. It's very easy for me to come up with melodic ideas and stuff. But actually finding like samples that fit together pitch-wise and you know, trimming them up and looping them and layering sounds, it's that music. takes a lot more time. Music, it takes a lot more work, a lot more talent, and a lot more time. So, you know, sampling hip-hop, you know, is an art form. It's like the epitome of a collage or scrapbooking right. with music. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think... It's it like takes a lot of skill textures, to make it. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. It takes an ear, you know, the same way like a DJ needs to know like um, what to drop, you know. You got to know where, where you're trying to go with the emotion and what, what's just, like the story behind, behind it, you know. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. A lot, it's a lot more, you know, it's always the people that don't know shit about True. like the process that I talk. That I, talk you know, I just like, I just want like hopefully one day in the future, like when, when it's all, not said it's done, but like, we could have like artists be the same, you know, studies as like your, your fucking Mozart and your fucking. Oh, I think we're getting there. Um, you know, you're like the Miles Davis. They got Jay Dillon and Smithsonian, so. You know, we're, we're getting there. And you know what? I think to, to uh, elaborate on what you said, too, why people don't consider hip hop, you know, as true of a form of music as others is because they might be looking for different things. I think one thing that make hip hop it is what it is, is the vibe and the feel of the music. It's not about how technical people are playing. Mm-hmm. It's not about how many interesting changes the piano makes. It might be a looping piano that loops through the whole song. But it's the, the thing that makes hip hop doper than other genres is the timing like jay dilla you can make a groove that's like almost meditational it gets you in a trance Mm -hmm. the loop the looping sound puts you in a trance 
And so there's more to it than just a simple loop and simple drums because it's the groove and the vibe that takes you to another place so that you can speak over it and really people can really absorb the information. A lot of people sleep on this. A lot of people don't like, because I, I feel like it's either they listen to rap just for the fact that it's, it could be a party environment for them, or, or they just they just listen to the beat. They don't really like, I, I'm a really... I just like the beat with some people. Yeah, say. like, I, I, I really fight for the, you know, for the writers of this shit, for the, you know, the actual the people that care about the craft and the art of, like, writing, like, words that... That make like have an impact that has substance and is like on the technical side, fucking their own like very you know artistic Style. creative. You know what I mean? Because right. a lot of people like you know like we were saying like the artists like nowadays they have no substance and with the no substance they have no like kind of creative way to say it as well. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like crazy like and these are the people that are like the ambassadors of the music genre. Right. Sex, because there's a lot, so many people. Like I was, I've been on a whole like this black thought fucking dude listening thing. He's one of the <laughs> oh man, yeah, ever black thought. Yeah. <clears throat> His cadence is just I've never heard a black thought verse. Like, one of my big influences like. too, for sure. Yeah, like you, him, Royce. Like he's kind of no, straight like too, in the fucking yeah. pocket monster, like pocket monster MCs like Royce, Black Thought, uh, Fonte. Those are like the like Elzai. Fonte, yeah, Elzai, bro. Hey, Drake's rapper is on. Fonte, yo. El, man. Fonte, he, he, I, you know what I like about Fonte is how he sometimes draws out his rhyme schemes. That shit used to blow my mind when I listen mm-hmm. to some of that early little brother, and I'd be like, this dude's like, he ain't even rhyming, but it's tight. But then he, the rhyme would come in late, and I'd be like, oh late, yo, yeah. what the yeah, hell? Yeah, it would come in like, it would go like. <laughs> Yeah, he was creative with that. Doing, I think that was um, inventive stuff he was doing. I hadn't really heard a lot of MCs doing that, those kind of patterns yet. For real. See, I like if people <laughs> could just dive into an MC's mind and actually be open minded about it, they actually might consider it a form of music. It's a, it is a form of music. I mean, I don't, I don't see people don't. Someone was telling me how Come on man I was just about to say (laughs) Someone was telling me the other day That all of the great poets are dead and I said, no, they're not. They're just doing hip hop. <laughs> they're just doing hip hop. Yeah, they're, they're not doing uh, like, open uh, open mics and uh, spoken word uh, yeah. competition. We had all Poetry these great poets back in the day. Gotcha. But the, the great poets of our generation are the MC. Yeah, for real. I honestly believe that. And they are I the lyric, the, the level the little, of lyricism little and, and internal rhymes that they're providing are shitting on a lot of the old uh, poets that are so revered. And I'm not trying to, yeah, you know, hate I, or down take away credit. I'm just saying. The rhyme schemes and the patterns and you know how technical the rhymes are now is way more advanced than a lot of it's the like, poets. It's like that, technology, like yeah. the way that technology advances, is the way like you know the world moves, mm-hmm. like progresses. With that, you're not you're not having the same bars that you have like back in the '80s, where it's like just you know end rhyme, end rhyme, end rhyme. You got like rhymes internally. Furious polysyllable shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, like bars upon bars of it. And just they're technical and they're fucking witty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're they're very like uh, uh, culture based. They have a lot of references, and that's why I like. Man, I'm glad that we were able to actually talk about that particular part because right. like, you know, people sleep on like lyricists because they think it's like they only listen to it for all you know. 
like the battle rap, like punch punch bar, like punchline bars and shit. They're looking for the you know the action movie part of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Rather than the, like the technical part and shit, which is like super sad. Yeah. You know, times change, but times uh, change. Time change. those that remain true, you know what I'm saying, are always gonna you know preserve the culture. You know what I'm saying, are always gonna be respected. Well, I mean, even with this independent move, uh, movement now, I feel like, you know, you can have your own lane now, so it's like... Yeah, it's a to be, way different game, huh? Yeah. You don't have to, like, be, like, stuck on, like, what's considered, you know, hot or the shit now. So you can, you can, you can want to be uh, someone that, that preserves that sound or that, that essence of, uh, of, like, you know, the hip-hop culture and, and just be all okay, you know? Right. It's still going to exist no matter what. Yeah. I mean, it is. everything is cyclical, right? Everything's gonna have this uh, time in the light, in, in the sun. And right now, you know, like we were saying, like the, the cats that are, that are that are like the poster boys of it are the ones that are in the limelight right now and taken as these are the representatives of what this really is. But yeah. it will come back. It will come I back. think that uh, especially right now because the political climate is what it is. Uh -huh. People are gonna start really like speaking their mind about the shit that they really feel inside. I think, really I think we got to start treating hip-hop slash rap, the genre, like we treat other genres. When I was saying there should be more sub-genres. Um, because, you know, if I tell somebody, oh, I make hip-hop and rap, they literally might think I'm trying to do with, like, Lil Uzi or Future yeah, or trying yeah, yeah. to do, because there's no specification. I think that hip-hop should be called hip-hop, and the new kind of music it's cool they can make it i'm not hating on it i might not listen to it but it's fine i just don't think it should be considered hip-hop i think it should be considered something else like new age rap or whatever you want to call it it should be considered something else that's all i'm saying yeah like you know how like you were saying that we need some genres they're technically like kind of they kind of is but they're kind of like uh negative connotations to it like yeah oh we would be considered backpack rappers yeah, you know what I'm saying? But we're really just hip hop. Like, exactly. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, or others are like, yeah. oh, you guys are doing that, you know, that golden era boom bap style. It's like, like nah, you know, like, that's just hip hop. It's yeah. just like, how is Classic it Classic hip hop. Like, yo, a jump shot is a jump shot. Right? Like, right. no matter what, it goes into a fucking hoop, it goes into a hoop. But if you play guitar, they're going to ask you, what do you do? You're going to be like, I play rock. They're going to say, well, what do you do? Like, metal? Punk? Exactly. F what Scoff. do you do? Ska? Scoff. Classic? What do you do? You know what I mean? So, hip hop. Screamo. I don't, I, and I don't really like genres at all. It's just music. It's just sound. It kind of like puts a glass in. Yeah, but if we are gonna use genres, we gotta start differentiating between the music that was considered hip hop 20 years ago and stuff that's coming out now. Cause that will allow more, like, uh, say, like you know how they're allowing people into the, the rock and roll hall of fame and shit, or like it would create these, like you know nominations for different things and shine light for more people that are actually really talented in their lanes right right in rock and roll hall of fame they've always given credit to you know you got diggable planets up in there like in the, even back in the 90s you know, that's another slept on group right there and yeah for sure you know that was a bit another influence of mine was them you know butterflies beats you know what i'm saying all their rhymes just the whole f style man so chill <laughs> What's the exactly. uh, what's the end game for you? What's what are your your uh, I guess your long term goals or what do you wish to achieve within within you know this the scope of that what you're doing? You know, I I want 
I want to, you know, I want a lot of things, but it's almost like I'm doing it for myself at the end of the day. Like, I think that uh, I woke up one day and realized, man, if I'm if I'm like 40, 50 years old and I, I don't want to be saying, oh, I wish I had done everything I wanted to do. And what I want to do is spread my ideals, spread my message, spread the thoughts that are on my mind with the world and share it with them. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I don't want to be sitting here regretting that I didn't do what I felt like was my duty, was my calling. So I just want to spread my message and spread love, you know what I'm saying? And just hopefully wake up minds that need to be woken up, you know what I'm saying? And establish affirmation with those that are already on the same path, you know what I mean? Um, I just want to better myself and everyone around me and everyone that could listen to my music. Hopefully it does something positive for your life. That's the way to go. Really? That is definitely the way to go. Cause, yeah, you know, that's fine message. Because a lot of people do find music as an escape, you know what I mean? As a way to, uh, to figure out, or like to find, you know, their own personal therapist. Yeah, that's what it did for me. That's why I feel like it's my duty to do the same because like I was telling you when I first started writing, it was that depression rap or whatever I call it. But, you know, I had a lot of negative days and a lot of negative periods in my life where hip hop's the only thing I did turn to, you know, and hearing people that could kind of like take me up out of that hole and uplift me. And people were specifically talking to me sometimes and i knew they wrote that song and i related to it and not everyone related to it it was so that's real i always thought it was cool if you could write a song that related to maybe like 500 people rather than 5 million people you know speaks so much more strongly to the people that do relate to it right yeah yeah and i've been on the receiving end of that he wants to speak to those people in that room that they're really? listening to, you know? And I feel like music across the board should always be that. I mean, yeah, they're, like you said, no, you know, not hating on the, you know, the other type of music that's coming out right now in the genre, but it, it should always come back to the way it, it, it affects you in a positive way or, like, find inspiration from it. Because, you know I mean? Like, you don't work, you're only be in a club two or three hours of a day. A lot of the stuff that comes out is just more like negative. Yeah. There's a lot of like, you know, abuse, substance abuse. And it's funny because a lot of the substance abuse is like pharmaceuticals. And then a lot of these pharmaceuticals actually have ties to the CEOs that also own the record labels. So it's not coincidence. So it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter like what algorithm you're on. Let that marinate for y'all. Yeah, play that back. Hit 10 seconds back on that shit and listen to that. For real. There's, there's financial <laughs> influence that is yeah. going to these record labels for the artists to promote certain things and behaviors. We've got private prisons. We know CEO Maybach also has own private prisons. So, I mean, come on. It's hey, all man, in their interest. Listen to it, bro. They ain't hearing it. For real. They ain't gonna see it, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's record labels out there that are putting on talented people, and then there's people that are putting on puppets that will carry out their agenda and it's up to you to, to decide you know whether so that's what you're hearing or not yeah there's still dope radio stations there's still some dope labels it's rare but yeah. it's mostly financial uh interest now and the corporations are not just taking control of the record labels but other aspects of our country too 
That's why I urge you guys to listen to my new tape. You know, the new frontier produced hey, by Quintessential. Got a lot of got a lot Fire. of connections from uh, JFK Fire right there. <laughs> no, for real. There's a lot of messages from you know 60 years ago that resonate very strongly today. So. I mean, shit. I mean, if you just like listening to a fucking Tupac interview from like MTV like 20 years ago, and you would think if you never knew when it was recorded, you would think that shit was recorded yesterday. For real. <laughs> oh man, America. <laughs> right? America. Jesus. That was like the topic for our last two shows, pretty much. Like. I, I Everyone mean, that says America, <laughs> I want them to realize that. America is is a continent, man. We got North America, what? South America, South? Canada. Central? Yeah, we know. I mean, that's all America. So, won't even acknowledge them. Like we're just like, <laughs> like United I mean, States. That's what they should be saying. Honestly, we're ignorant bubbles, as a country. <laughs> Anyways, it's a uh, comfort, man. <laughs> it is. It is. It really is. Um, man. So any no tenant is just the date is to be announced. For your, uh, for your for the project. Oh, the oh. JFK one's out already, right? Yeah, I dropped it on okay. Tuesday. The yeah, date yeah. Um, for the tapes was I was going to start shipping them out on November 6th, mm. but I'm going to probably do it earlier than that by November 1st. So hey. you can go get the free download on my band camp. You know what I'm saying? But how much are you selling the, the tapes for? Tapes for $11, uh, $2 cassettes, shipping. Right. Cassette. Yeah. Limited, yeah. Uh, limited edition cassettes. You know, it's in a hard case. Got, got the artwork. You know what I'm saying? One to 25. So I'm only making 25. Handmade by your boy. <laughs> man, it was a great discussion. Yeah. Great having you on, bro. We, Likewise, we man. I appreciate it. On in the future. Hopefully, uh, we can get um, an interview with you. And man, Blue. The Verbal yeah. Tea Crew. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Um, shout out to your, uh, your, your social media. Um, uh, Where can we find you? Names so they can find you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you could follow me on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Instagram, Quinn underscore essential. I'm also on SoundCloud, Quinn-Essential. And my Bandcamp is quinnessential.bandcamp.com. And that's where you can find my tape. You can also get a free download. Um, you can see they're working. You're working on that, like, every day. Like, if you look at your Instagram. No, I was about to oh, yeah, that. yeah. See that I, drum. Highly, I highly suggest, I mean, of course, follow him on all, uh, uh, you know, social media. But I highly suggest you get the notifications on his IG popping because this guy will, you know, come out with the live uh, IG feed. <laughs> it's been a while since I did that. Just killing it and shit. Yes, sir. Man, I appreciate you guys. Dude, we gotta do this again. We gotta yeah, start oh, yeah. making shit. We gotta do music. In general. <laughs> let's For all real. get together and like, get this shit popping one more Get together more time. down to write a verse and record it right there. Yeah, let's do it. That's all I like to do now. With that Just said, capture the moment, you know? Hell yeah. With that said, bro, thanks for your time, man. Yeah. All right, let's this get an EP up here, man. We love podcast episode something, something, something. <laughs> I am one of your hosts. My name is Vibrock. I'm Cass. And this is Niles. Niles Quinn. And we are out. Peace. Peace. Free love.